Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, here to talk about a very interesting 25 years topic tonight. And this is one of the really good ones that, that I've been looking forward to for a while. Guy's done a really terrific preparation. It's a draft one related to the second round. Uh, George Kokonidis, how are you doing? 
Good. How are you? I, I can't complain at all. Uh, we've met each other briefly at the ballpark one time, but uh, this idea was one of the really great ones. It's, it's how have the Ravens done when they traded involving a second round pick in some direction? So they, in some cases, they traded out of the first round down to the second. In other cases, they traded their second round pick into the first, as with Lamar Jackson, for example. In other cases, they just moved around in the second round by throwing some change at a move to either go up or down. Uh, in that round. And and there's been a variety of results. We know the Ravens have not done overall so well in the first round. So let's take a look at some of these very interesting individual trades, of which there have been quite a few in Ravens history. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so I, I, I see your spreadsheet has 18 total trades in the first round in 25 years, which is or 26 now, right? Yeah. And I, I included one from two. Uh, 95, which is actually the Browns trade. So that um, affected the Ravens in the second round in 96. But, um, you know, technically wasn't Ozzy doing anything. Well, that was that was, in fact, the, the first of these on the list. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. Um, so for uh, the, the Ravens or sorry, the, the Browns uh, traded their uh, second round pick in 1996 for a tight end. Harold Bishop. I don't even think he technically played for the Ravens. I think he might've gone to NFL Europe or something, but that pick in 96. Oh yeah. Two, two receptions on four targets for the okay, Ravens. So right. I, 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 I remember his highlight. Well, he drew a pass interference call, I think. <laughs> and, okay. So he's, right. he, he barely played. Yes. Um, I'm glad you're here to, to set that straight. Um, but in the, in 96, uh, that pick ended up being Mike Allstock. Um, so they originally did not have a pick in 96 in the second round. Um, and that would have been, yeah, Mike Allstott. Boy, how great a start would Mike Allstott have been for the Ravens fullback tradition if they'd Seriously. been able to have him be the first? Yeah. All right. So then we have in 96, uh, because they didn't have a second round pick, um, Ozzie traded uh, the third, fourth, and seventh round picks to move back into the second round for uh, Duran Jenkins. Um, I believe he had three picks in four years, uh, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't get signed to a uh, second contract. Um, yeah, not, so, not super great. I obviously, uh, a few things about Deron Jenkins. First of all, in reviewing the 96 to 99 film, the Ravens were really expecting him to be one of their top two corners for that period. And mm-hmm. even after they had drafted Chris McAllister in 99 and Dwayne Starks in 98, Jenkins was taking playing time from McAllister. Oh, and they wow. were talking in 99, okay, and you know, this is his fourth season already, that this team has three great cornerbacks. Okay, well, we didn't we didn't really see it that way. But, but Deron Jenkins, a second-round pick, two ones there as well. Deron Jenkins had a little experience. He finished his career in Tennessee, uh, apparently married a girl from Nashville, or maybe maybe he, he uh, went there with her. And then you, you probably know he's on the Home and Garden Network uh, briefly with a, a show about home improvement. That's that's interesting. W- would you say that trade was was a good trade or maybe gave up too much value? Too much value, in my opinion, probably a yeah. loss. How, how are you on that? I, I, I feel the same way. A third, fourth and a seventh. I, I would have liked to see what Ozzy could have done with those. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Then we have, uh, 1997, there was, uh, a trade. This was, um, trading a player for a pick. So they mm-hmm. traded Tony Jones to Denver for Kim Herring. Um, and you know, he was part of the Super Bowl team. 
but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think because Tony Jones later made the Pro Bowl uh, for Denver as part of their Super Bowl team. Um, I'm not sure whether this was a, a great trade, but interested to hear your take. Yeah, I, I'll, I guess I'd start by saying that Tony Jones uh, didn't have a spot with the Baltimore Ravens once they drafted Jonathan Ogden in 1996. Hmm. So Ogden came in and played left guard next to Tony Jones. But you know, there's commentary regularly on the broadcast about how Tony Jones knows he's just holding, he's just keeping his spot warm, basically. Hmm. So, uh, he, you know, he did become a pretty good player on a team that had a good quarterback and had some other good skill position players around him. Uh, I'm not sure he would have been the same player if he'd stayed in Baltimore because he wasn't all that good with Cleveland for the many years prior to that. And, you know, they traded away an older player at age 31. It did happen that he, he held on for four years. But frankly, what they got out of Kim Herring for four years was very solid defensive play. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a part of the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably always rather have a left tackle. And maybe to- Tony Jones could have moved to right tackle. He did play there a couple of different years in his career. Uh, and then they wouldn't have had Harry Swain on the right side, say, mm. for the Super Bowl year. They might have had a, a better lineman in really it would have been like the 99 and 2000 seasons are the only two years they could have really used Tony Jones to help them get over the top. Mm. Okay. So yeah, do you do you think that was a good trade or we could we could I, I either it's either a win a or, or a tie maybe yeah. let's make it a tie okay all right all right um, so in '99 was the next time there was a trade that happened in the second round or involving uh, Ravens second round that was um, uh, trading their the Ravens second round pick for. Atlanta's 2000 first round pick, uh, which ended up being Jamal Lewis. Obviously, Atlanta had done really well in 98. And, uh, you know, they were expecting to do really well in 99. Uh, That didn't turn out that way. And the Ravens (laughs) got the number five pick overall. Always, always a real gamble to trade away a first round pick because there's an enormous range of values in that first round. I mean, it's absolutely enormous. And the numbers you're actually wagering, it's such is so high leverage because the, it's a high percentage of anybody's total draft value. So if you trade your first round pick, beware. It may yeah. come back to bite you. And this one did come back to bite Atlanta, uh, who, as you, you know, as you mentioned, they'd gone to the Super Bowl the year before. They had the 31st pick. And they thought, hell, if we're going to draft in the 30, you know, around 30 every year, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to treat this pick like gold. And they traded from 42 to what they thought was 30 and ended up being five. And that's a big difference in value there. Do you have a, a JJ chart right around? I should get that, but yeah, yeah. So the, they picked up for, for the JJ net value, uh, that was 220. The mm-hmm. difference between, uh, well at the time. So I'm not sure I'm not counting what the pick actually ended up being. It was, uh, the approximate value of a first round pick, which would be at 16. So the actual value would have been a lot greater. Okay. So let's see the, the number five pick overall is what worth about 1800 or something on the JJ chart, uh, mm-hmm. 1700. Okay. So 1700. And I'm going to say you take a 20% discount on that number by taking, make, waiting a year to do it. It's still worth 1360. So in, in terms of an individual trade, that's got to be the biggest tr- pickup in Ravens history, not in terms of the player necessarily, but in right. terms of the trade for value. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, should we move on to uh, 2000? 
Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so in in 2000, there was a, uh, a trade in the second round, and um, that was because the Ravens traded up in the first round. So they traded their 15th overall pick and uh, their second round pick to move up to number 10 to get Travis Taylor. Um, uh, the, the players that uh, that was with Denver and the players Denver ended up picking with those two picks were Delta O'Neill and Kenoy Kennedy. Yeah. So Delta O'Neill had a very good career, a couple pro bowls, uh, six years as a starter, certainly was a good player. They also had other people that were taken between 11 and 14. Ron Dane wouldn't have liked to get him, but either mm-hmm. Sean Ellis or John Abraham who went to the jets at 12 and 13 would have been terrific pickups for the Ravens. Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing, I mean, the Ravens didn't need a whole lot of, uh, defensive line help in, in 2000, but that's, <laughs> those are, those are awfully good players. And, uh, yeah. and if they'd gotten either of them, that would have been terrific. And Delta O'Neill at, at number 15, instead of Travis Taylor at number 10, I think is a fairly easy choice as well. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the next trade in the second round I have is, uh, 2003 and, um, that is the Ravens giving up their uh, second round pick and their first in 2004 to move back into the first round. This was after already taking uh, Terrell Suggs. They moved back into the first round to take Kyle Bowler. Um, and the and that trade was with the Patriots. And um, the second round pick was a tight end. And But the first round pick in 2004 the uh, Patriots ended up selecting Vince Wilfork. Okay. I think I can honestly say I'm not concerned that the, uh, I apparently New England traded that pick to Houston uh, subsequently. And the pick ended up being the tight end, Benny Jopru or Jopru. Jopru. And he played 19 career games, uh, hung around until 2007, but uh, it wasn't the Patriots who drafted him. I felt, I'd have felt better if, if the Patriots had gotten stuck with that guy with their, with their excess (laughs) on the pick. And then of course they got Vince Wilfork in 2004 and, uh, let's, let us never speak again of that trade. Yes. Okay. So let's (laughs) move on then. Um, the next, uh, trade in the second round was in 2005. Uh, the Ravens moved up in the second round. Um, they, uh, they traded their third, their sixth, and then their third the following year in order to uh, move up and select Adam Terry, uh, the tackle. That's a lot to trade away for, for who Adam Terry was, certainly. He hung around the NFL for a few years, uh, uh, really did not do a whole lot, and was never even a starter at any point during his career for a full season. I mean, he never started eight games for a team. Uh, were there some things he did? Sure. But uh, I don't think you can call that one a win no matter what. Uh, Ellis Hobbs, uh, not a terrible player, uh, certainly. Uh, you know, was a four-year starter and had some value and uh, decent defensive back. Um, I don't know the other guys. Greg, Greg Bragg and Jason Spitz, I do not know. Maybe I should, but, uh, but I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Um, okay, so uh, the next trade was in 2007. Um, the Ravens traded back this time. They gave up their second round pick to Detroit. That was the number 61 pick. And they traded back and they got the, the third round pick, number 74, and a fourth round pick, 
number 101. Mm -hmm. That fourth round pick, the Ravens packaged with a fifth and a sixth to move into the third round to select Marshall Yonda. So the two uh, players that they got uh, out of that uh, out of that trade were Yaman figures and Marshall Yonda, basically. I don't know if I can completely agree with the evaluation of this, given that they, they had to trade a five and a six yeah. in addition to the portion of the four. So it's really like you could say they got about half of Marshall Yonda from the, from the piece of this trade. I would take a half of Marshall Yonda over yeah. uh, anybody. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure yeah, of course. Uh, okay, maybe I can I can go with that. So they, they accumulated a little bit of additional draft capital. If you're talking about JJ net value, they had a slight win on that trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you, other flatter valuations would say they had a larger trade because JJ is always the most peaked. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, another trade in the following year, 2008. They, uh, Ravens gave up their, or they traded, uh, back, they traded their second round pick number 38 to move back in the second round for number 55. And they picked up an extra third round pick, uh, number 86. Those two picks ended up being the second round was Ray Rice and the third round pick was Tom Zibikowski. And that trade was with Seattle. All right. So uh, I would I think we'd, we'd agree that was a win in general for the players. They got that John Carlson uh, was not special enough to uh, to be a guy that would offset Ray Rice. Unless you want to be one of these guys who says that Ray Rice's second contract ended up being baggage to the Ravens that they really couldn't mm-hmm. get out of. I'm not I'm not going to say that. I think Ray Rice's value to the Ravens was terrific. Tom Zabikowski did some things to fill in for Ed Reed when he was hurt in 2009 that were valuable to the Ravens. Uh, otherwise didn't play a whole lot. And uh, I understand he's tried a few things since, uh, since he retired from the league. He tried to be a firefighter. He tried to be a boxer for a while. I, I have no idea what he's doing now. Hmm. All right. So we'll, we'll call that a, a successful trade. And the next one was in 2010. Uh, the Ravens gave up their first round pick number 25 for uh, Denver's second, third, and fourth. And uh, those three picks ended up kind of with mixed results. The first one, Sergio Kindle fell down the stairs. We know what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third round pick, Ed Dixon, and the fourth round pick, Dennis Pitta. Right. So I, I've been to an event where Ozzy said we had 13 draftable players on our board and 12 were gone. At number 25. So we had to decide to trade the pick or not. And the guy we would have taken, who was the last of our 13 draftable players, was Dan Williams, who was a nose tackle, ended up going to Arizona. Uh, Six years in the league. Not that he played poorly or anything. He just wasn't really special in terms of, of certainly what happened to him. Maybe it's better. They didn't make that draft pick, and they ended up with Dixon and Pitta, who you know contributed certainly in ways to, to the Ravens' offense. Uh, Pitta also is one of these guys who, if you wanted to judge him the same way you judge Ray Rice, didn't end up being a good value uh, in terms of that second contract they signed him for. Right, right. So would you say this was a wash or or a negative yeah. trade or I, make I, it a I wash? Think I think I'd call it a wash. They got great value, by the way, for those picks. So I love yeah. the idea that they that they got the additional ta- uh, uh, tickets, and uh, you know it's it's there's plus fifty six in JJ value. When you have a positive JJ value trade, that's very Ravens like. They fleeced 
uh, Denver yeah. in this deal. Denver did not get a good player in Tim Tebow, and right. and the Ravens got three picks. It's just they didn't happen to make particularly good use of the picks. And you know there are, there are lots of guys they could have had behind them. Linval Joseph, who was a who was a player, a defensive tackle mm-hmm. in the league for many years. If they wanted to draft Dan Williams, he might have been a, a reasonable guy for them to get at number forty three instead of Kindle. Of course. There's, you know, you, you, everybody was wrong for not drafting Tom Brady in the sixth round or the fifth <laughs> round or the fourth round. So, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to play that game, but you know, guys right. who drafted in the immediate vicinity, uh, that, that those yeah. are some things. All right. The next trade was in 2012. Um, the Ravens, uh, traded back. They had the, they had 29 overall in the first round. They traded back, uh, with Minnesota, um, and they traded for Minnesota's second round pick and fourth round pick. Uh, Minnesota ended up getting Harrison Smith, 29. The yeah. Ravens uh, ended up getting Courtney Upshaw in the second round and Gino Gradkowski in the fourth. Yeah, so if, if you redrafted 2012 again, then I think it's possible Harrison Smith goes in the top 10. Pretty close, yeah. if not. He's not done uh, clearly yet. He's he's had a fine career to date. Has had some injury issues, but uh, you know he's a guy. I think I think probably goes in the top ten. Uh, you, okay, fifteen at at the worst. I you know obviously they did not get value in terms of judging Harrison Smith. I look at that and I say 2012 was Ed Reed's last year. If they pick up Harrison Smith, boy, would that have been a sweet transition. And yeah. of course, the next year they got Matt Elam. So you would not have made that pick probably if you pick up Harrison Smith in 2012. Yeah. Uh, So 2013, um, the Ravens traded up in the second round. Uh, They traded their original second round pick plus a fifth and a sixth to move up and select Arthur Brown. Um, And they traded with Seattle. Um, And Seattle's picks ended up being Christine Michael, the running back. I think, I think it was a running back, uh, Sam Martin, Hunter and Theo Riddick, another running back. Um, yeah. And I just, I just ran through Seattle's, uh, picks. Right. So I, I don't, I don't think getting Arthur Brown, any way you look at it, the Ravens didn't make a good pick there. Did they get value for it? They probably did get a little value. You know, they picked up 19 and JJ. Anything, anytime you could do that, that's good. Um, but it's not necessarily about who Seattle picked. It's about who the Ravens picked. It's hard for me to get excited about that trade in terms of uh, the value they got out of it. And by the way, flatter valuations are going to call that trade a loss in terms of the additional picks that yeah. the Ravens had to give away there because they, it, it values a later round pick higher relative to early's. Yep. Uh, so then the next trade, 2015, the Ravens traded up again in the second round. They gave up their second round pick and their fifth round pick with Arizona uh, or to Arizona to move up to number 55 and select Max Williams. Yeah, so obviously Max Williams didn't really work out with the Ravens, uh, a series of injuries, and he never really reached the top of the tight end depth chart, although he did do some things 
um, in general with the team. But uh, Marcus Golden uh, has had a decent career, and he would have been, I think, a, certainly a better player to have among that group. Uh, there were other guys available at that time. Uh, there's a tackle, Rob Havenstein, that, that would have been okay, or Ali Marpet, the center, uh, who's a seven-year starter at Tampa Bay, would be a guy that, that, uh, that might have been decent picks for the Ravens at that point. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to 2016, there were two trades in the set involving second round picks. Uh, the first one was, uh, they had number 36 overall and they traded back only two spots with Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, and they picked up Jacksonville's fifth round pick. Uh, so Jacksonville ended up taking miles Jack and uh, the extra pick that the Ravens got ended up being Matthew Judon. Um, they did not end up picking uh, at number 38 from Jacksonville because they traded that one again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I broke these two trades out. Maybe we could just talk about that trade and then go on to the, the other one. Okay, let's first of all start with the Miles Jack trade. And Miles Jack's been uh, a heck of a player. Uh, I like Judon more in terms of yep. what he's given the Ravens. So, I, you know, I'd, I'd say he fit their scheme better, although Miles Jack, certainly with the inside linebacker troubles they've had, uh, you know, you could you could say he, he would, you know, that might have been relatively equal. Uh, the guy they got in the, okay, they traded 38. Okay, they, they didn't get pick number 38, but it was 38 where they really made probably a big whiff. So let's, let's talk about that one next and then maybe evaluate these two as, as one trade. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. So um, their second trade in the second round was with Miami. So they traded number 38. Uh, they moved back again and they got 42 from Miami and they also got um, Miami's fourth round pick. So where the Ravens picked in the second round, they ended up getting Kamalai Correa. And then in the fourth round, they ended up getting Chris Moore. Okay. So by the way, the other guy they could have had, if they, if they said, we don't like Miles Jack's injury history. And that was really the big question mark about him in the draft. He was projected as a higher talent, really a first round talent who fell into the second round because of significant injury concerns. And he's, he's overcome those with a decent career. The guy they could have had at 37 is Chris Jones. Yep. (laughs) Imagine, Imagine that. But at 38, and that is a pick they actually had, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't trade that. Well, okay. They, they could have had one or the other of these guys. They couldn't have had both. But number 38, Xavier Howard. And they yep. just tried to acquire him during this season to shore up their cornerback depth issues. So, uh, boy, either one of those <laughs> would have been a terrific pick. Exactly. Yep. All right. So, uh, the next trade in the second round was in 2018, which we all know about. Uh, the Ravens gave up. Uh, their second round pick, um, their fourth round pick, and their second round pick the following year in 2019 in order to move back up into the first round. Oh, yeah. I just I just note that you have this as a loss in JJ net value, which is cool. But did you scale back the the, the value of the sec of the number 53 pick in 2019 for time value of pick? Yeah. So, but basically I didn't, um, use any, I didn't use the pick that they actually ended up selecting. I picked middle of the round and scaled down the value by um, what did you by how much you skipped down uh, by? 30, 30%, 30%. Okay. So it's 70%. And so the Ravens, even though they traded a pick, okay. 
So part of what's gone on here is they traded a pick in 2019, and that pick would have been projected probably higher than where the Ravens were. Yes. And then you scaled it back by 30%. So maybe those are slightly offsetting factors. So you probably have it about right. I'm thinking that negative 91 net JJ value is unusual for the Ravens yeah. in their history to give away that much to, to make a trade. Yeah. So obviously it turned out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> the Ravens got Lamar Jackson and they also got, well, they got Jaleel Scott in the fourth round. That was the extra pick that uh, Philadelphia included in the trade. But um, I'd have to say that one turned out pretty well. Yeah. The, the, he'll, Jaleel Scott, unfortunately, is going to be a trivia question. He's uh, Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lasley are two of the three, or maybe they're all, all two of the guys who didn't become starters from the Ravens 2018 draft out of, I think, 12 picks. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the last trade in the second round was the most recent one. So 2021, um, the Ravens traded uh, their second round pick and Orlando Brown and a sixth round pick in 2022 for uh, the Kansas City's first round pick, their third round pick, their fourth round pick, um, and a fifth round pick in 2022. So um, the first round pick ended up being Adafi Owe, third round pick, Ben Cleveland. And then the other, the fourth round pick, there were a bunch of trades. Okay. So I, I've got my take on this, but let's hear yours first on this. It's a very complex trade, obviously, in terms of the value exchanged. Yeah, it, it is. It is really complex. And I think you've, you've, spoken to the value of trading a player late in their first contract. Um, and uh, you know, that to me is you, you get a lot of value by having four years or five years of Adafi Owe and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ben Cleveland may become a good player. I think it's too early to tell obviously, but, um, it's a lot of value there. You know, every pick is like, a lottery pick and some of these players could really turn out. So I, I scored this positively for sure. Okay. I, and I think I would agree. Uh, what has Nick Bolton done so far? Not too much for Kansas city. Uh, looks like he's played about a dozen games. Uh, so I, th- I think, I think I'd say that uh, I do that trade again and seeing kind of how this 2021 season has rolled out. You know, Orlando Brown would have been would have given the Ravens some additional hope to be to hold it together at tackle. And early in the year, he didn't look that good over the first three games. But since then, he's looked really good. And it's it's uh, you know, it is definitely a shame that the Ravens don't have him now. He's he hasn't fixed Kansas City's offense. Kansas City's offense has all sorts of problems. But uh, but he he might have been. Uh, you know, a, a very significant player for the Ravens to have at this point. It probably means that Villanueva would still be playing at right tackle and and messing up regularly over there. Uh, so so no, I'm not sure it would it, it would help us too much. But uh, you know, away in Cleveland are fresh starts, and I think given where the Ravens are likely headed this year, um, away in Cleveland look like the better investment right now. Yeah. So if we if we look at all the trades together. It seems like when the Ravens have traded up, they've been less successful. Uh, you know, two of those of those nine trades we marked as successful. One mm-hmm. is a wash. Um, and then when they traded down, four of the seven were successful, and then one was a wash. So the trades overall, about half 
were were successful, but it seems like whenever they're able to trade down, um, there's you know more more than likely a good result. I, I love your method here. So nine trade ups, two and a half wins, including you know the draws that we've we've got built in there. Might have been three draws, might have been one. I'm not sure, but you've got a 28 percent success rate on trade ups. And four and a half out of seven wins gives you a 64% success on the trade downs. Right there, that would tell you the Ravens' normal practice of trading down is pretty darn good, even though, you know, I think they lost some really good opportunities at 36 and 38 in 2018, right? The, the, or do I have the year wrong? It's 2018. Matthew Jr. Yeah. 2016, sorry. In 2016 and in 2012 with Harrison Smith. Yep. Yep. There's a there's another good one. So uh, I, I love the way you've, you've laid this out. By the way, really appreciate all the work you did to put this together. Now, people come with various levels of preparation for this, but George, this is outstanding. It gives us a great fr- framework to discuss this and have a lot of fun uh, talking about it. But the, the way you've put this together is just extremely good. And it's exactly what I'm looking for in terms of these episodes. And I, I just so appreciate you spending the time to put this together and, and then the time, of course, to come on air as well. Yeah, this conversation was a lot of fun. Thanks, Ken. All right. Uh, folks out there, if uh, oh, first of all, George, where can people talk football with you? Uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm at Design Language. Um, I don't tend to talk a lot of football, I'm, uh, but happy to, happy to uh, talk to folks on there. Okay. Uh, outstanding. And, and uh, George, you're welcome on the show anytime. This is just fantastic stuff. Other folks out there, if you got a 25 years episode, we got, we're, we're really down to just a couple of spots. I may extend this into the off season because I think it's been, it's drawn a lot of interest and there's still ideas coming in every week and I, I don't want to refuse them. So if people want to continue and, and, you know, we, we run this through the end of January, say I, I'll, uh, I probably will do that. Uh, but appreciate all, all the ideas. Uh, send me a DM on Twitter. We want one narrow idea that we can discuss at, at fairly good depth in 20 minutes. The second round draft trades, perfect narrow idea that with any kind of effort and expansion ends up being a 30-minute conversation, uh, which we greatly appreciate. George, thanks again for coming on with us. Thanks, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.